0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore and this is Faith School, the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers, which is what you want to be, child of God, not a a defeated one, but an overcomer, a victorious one. And the scripture says, what's the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith, which is why we, why we have this, why we do this. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the class. Uh, you can set everything aside for a few minutes for this. Come on in, sit down. Let's open up our hearts to the, to the Spirit of the Lord and let Him be our teacher and guide. Father, we agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for answers, direction, and help, utterance, the quickening of your spirit, revelation, bringing things to our remembrance and showing us things we've not seen, guiding us into all the truth that makes us free. And we purpose to be doers and not hearers only in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you would look in our great textbook again to uh, uh, portions that we've been studying for some weeks now, call, we're calling it By Faith, study of this great 11th chapter of Hebrews, beginning in verse uh, 32 of chapter 10, Hebrews 10, 32. He said, call to remembrance the former days in which um, after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. As we touched on that last week, that's how it always works. When you get light, the enemy is going to come try to put it out. He's going to come try to steal the seed of the the incorruptible seed of the word away from you. And so you got to make up your mind that when you found something good, you're like a bulldog with a bone, right? He's convinced of two things. That's a good bone and that's his bone. Is that right? And when the Lord gives you something good, You want to be convinced of it's good, it's from him, and it's mine, and I'm not turning loose of it. And so when they were illuminated, immediately after that, they endured a great fight of afflictions. They were made a gazing stock by reproaches and afflictions. They became companions of them that were so used. He said, you had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring They could deal with uncomfortable, unpleasant, even painful things here and now because of how fully persuaded they were of the greater things coming later and there. And that's how Jesus made it through the cross, we see. That he endured the cross, how? For the joy that was set before him. Can you say amen, class? So uh, he said, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, uh, and he that shall come will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back my soul, I have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The just shall live by faith. We saw in the 13th verse, talking about, uh, he had mentioned a number of individuals, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah. And verse 13 says, these all died in faith. Uh, I believe it was, the, uh, it was the NIV that talks about that they, uh, they were still living in faith when they died. That's how it says it. They were still living in faith when they died. When do we quit living by faith? <laughs> we don't, right? And no matter what the situation is, we are always persuaded of what the Lord told us, whether we can see it and feel it or not, and we are always expecting it, even if it hasn't happened, you know, uh, uh, I guess it's in Peter that he talks about that in the last days there would be scoffers and mockers that would say, where's the promise of his coming? Because everything remains the same, you know, all this time and and the Lord hasn't come. Well, we know if, if a thousand years is like a day with the Lord, it's only been a couple of days. Right? So, and if he waits another day, to him, it's just a day. To us, it's a thousand years. No, he's coming. How many are fully persuaded? He said he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. We are absolutely fully persuaded. And then he goes on to tell us why. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He's long suffering, not willing that any should perish. Because if He comes right now, man there are millions of people not ready. Right? Millions of people not ready and it'll be over. and It'll be too late. So every day that He doesn't come is mercy. Is compassion. Is another opportunity for somebody to come to faith in Him and come to salvation. But He said these all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Notice uh, this is the language of faith. This is uh, the function of faith, what faith does, how it works. Persuaded, embraced, you could say received, and confessed. (laughs) Can you see that? Um, persuaded faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God if you will let the word persuade you faith will come and then what do you need to do embrace it receive it what Jesus say what things serve you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them and what was the last one confessed faith must be released right Here we see in in half of this verse here how it comes, uh, how it's acted on, how it's released. Uh, Persuaded, embraced, confessed, released. But he's saying that in connection with them dying in faith. Dying in faith. We see in the 12th chapter and verse uh, 2 and 3 that that's exactly what Jesus did. He lived by faith. There's no question about that. Before he was doing any ministry, before he was preaching or teaching or ministering healing or deliverance or working miracles, he was living by faith. We know this because when he was baptized in the River Jordan, the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Without faith, it's impossible to please the father. So he's been living by faith when he, you know, his whole life. But then he begins to minister by faith. When the Spirit of God came on him, he began to minister by faith, teaching, preaching, healing, delivering. And th- so this happened throughout his, his ministry. But here we see in this 12th chapter these these verses, this is how he died in faith. In verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Should we dread death? Hmm? What do you think, class? Huh? Should we be afraid? Should we be, should we be scared? No. What did Philippians say? Um, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Do you remember that word? To die is gain. Gain. Well, Why? The most Christians at funerals keep saying, sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. Sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. So, someone said, well, they lost. It. Well, not in any real eternal sense. That's being too focused on the here and now. That's walking too much by sight. If they're a believer, they didn't end. That's not the end of them. They departed to be with Christ, which is far better Can anybody say amen? Amen. Do you believe the Bible? Far better. Well, then we didn't lose them permanently. They just relocated. They're not lost. They know where they are, (laughs) right? Now, I'm not just trying to mince words here. It matters uh, how we think. So many Christians sorrow like the world does. They sorrow like those who have no hope. And they endure all kind of pain that they should not endure. Now, sure, uh, if somebody that you're really close to and spend a lot of time with means a lot to you. You're not able to be with them for a while. You times you'll miss them. You might shed a tear. That's normal. But if you are incapacitated, like you can't go on, then you are not believing the truth. You are not believing what the Lord told you about this. I know uh, there's been times with my own family that you know, we've had uh, you know, close family member leave. I, I remember one time I was with uh, some of my family in, in, in the vehicle before we got out and went in the, the funeral home and the Lord prompted me, I just stopped before we got out and said, wait just a sec. I said, and I called their name. I said, they're not here because we were going to go and, and see the body and prepare for that. I said, they're not here. And just let it sink in for a moment. <laughs> they're not here. Somebody said, well, where, where'd you bury them? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> you, do, you don't bury them. You buried that house that they're not in anymore. Okay. Hmm? It matters that you keep this in your forefront, that in your, the forefront of your thinking, that you, that you keep this in front of you. you, keep yourself aware of this. That way, you're walking by faith not by sight, and you spare yourself so much pain, so much sorrow, and every time that, you know, you miss them, you just remind yourself, I'll see them again soon. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I'll see them again real soon. Of course, now, if you're not a believer, that's a problem. <laughs> right? You can't you can't say for sure that you'll see somebody if you didn't know for sure that they're a believer. And so, uh, Uh, Sometimes people leave the impression that no matter who it is, no matter what it is, somebody died, well, they're in heaven. Are they? Not if they're not a believer. The Bible doesn't teach that everybody goes to heaven. They don't. If you're not a believer, uh, that means you rejected the Lord. And if you don't want to be with Him, there's only one other place to go. And it was made for the devil and, and his bunch. And and people say, well, I just can't understand how God, who is love, could send somebody to an awful place of hell of torment. He doesn't do it. It's not his choice. The people chose that they didn't want him. And if you don't want him, like I said, there's only one other group. Only one other place to go. And if you're watching right now, and if you've never received Jesus as Lord of your life, don't wait another second. We're, we care so much about it. We're going we're to stop class right here and we're going to pray with you. So don't run away. Come stand up. Draw close to the screen and, and act on your faith right now. Say it out loud. Father God, I choose you. I don't reject you. I choose you. I accept the gift of your son Jesus. I believe you sent him. He died on the cross. He paid the full price for all my sins. He was judged in my place for me and I do believe according to the scriptures you raised him from the dead and he is alive right now. Jesus I receive you and all you have done for me I confess you as Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. If you really did that sincerely and from your heart in faith, the scripture says your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. And when you die, we won't have to be concerned about you. We'll, we can be say confidently, yes, they are with the Lord. There, is there anything greater you could say? Yes, they are with the Lord. I mean, there's all kind of ways you can miss it down here and come short. If you didn't receive hardly anything that you should have received down here. If you came short on all kind of things and you died young and you died wrong, but you're saved, How I mean, that's the big thing, right? That is the big thing. If you're saved, you still... Are more than a conqueror. You still are the victorious one in Christ. Because soon all this life and all this stuff's going to fade into the past, and we're going to go on into the future with Him. We live by faith, but also, hallelujah, we we die by faith, and faith's the victory that overcomes the world. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but they saw them afar off. They were persuaded of them. They embraced them. They confessed it. Hallelujah. And we have that same spirit of faith. Go with me, if you would, to uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter. I'm going to read another verse, uh, or actually just remind you of the account. But you're going to Matthew 16, please. Do you remember when uh, King David, he had made some mistakes and uh, there was a plague going through the people and it was a bad, hard time. And he uh, he got it in his heart and actually had a, a spiritual experience about uh, making a, a, an altar and, and offering a sacrifice, a repenting sacrifice. And it was uh, prophetic because the very spot they wound up doing it on wound up being the site where they built the temple. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All these things are so amazing. I mean, if you don't believe in the inspiration of the Word of God, you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Because how, oh how, can things be precisely predicted thousands of years in advance? without divine inspiration. They cannot be. They are not. Uh, there is so much proof that this is not just the work of men, but that it is the inspired Word of God. There's evidence all over the place, all through the book. But anyway, he came to this uh, threshing floor of a man named Arana, and uh, uh, he told him he wanted to, to do this here, and Arana said, well, here, uh, take it. I give it to you. I give you the threshing floor. I give you the oxen for sacrifice and the instruments for wood. Take it and do what the Lord told you to do. Uh, But in 2 Samuel 24, 24, uh, he said, no. The king said to Aaron, no, I will surely buy it from you at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God of that which does cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for the shekels of silver." He said, "I no, I, I'm not going to do that because this is supposed to be his offering to the Lord. And he's saying, I'm not going to give that which costs me nothing. Well, why? Because it, if it didn't cost you anything, how much of a seed is it to you? How much of a value is it to you? With the Lord, It's always about the heart, not just about the external value of something, but about its value to you. And if it's of no value to you, then it can't be of value to him in an offering because is God going to be impressed with a cow and a couple of sticks? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Huh? He created all of this. You couldn't impress him. You couldn't write a big enough check for God to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) He creates planets. (laughs) But if it's of value to you, and the value to you comes back to the cost for you, if it didn't cost you anything, how much value is it to you? And so that's why David said that, he knew that, and that's why it was recorded. For all of us to know for generations to come. Uh, in uh, Matthew 16, 24, we actually read this in Luke yesterday about counting the cost when you go to serve the Lord. But in Matthew 16, Jesus said this, verse 24, He said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And follow me. Now interesting phrase here. Take up his cross. Or her cross. The Lord distinguishing that. Between your cross and his cross. Nobody can bear his cross. Right? He bore it. And he paid it. Did it cost him? Oh my. We really don't know how much it cost him. But it's not for us to weep over it because he's not on the cross today. He's not in the tomb today. He's raised from the dead. He's at the right hand of majesty on high. But at the time, it was of great cost. But he tells us, for whoever will save his life shall lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he'll gain the whole world? and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul?" Here we see the value of all the stuff you could ever accumulate and do on this planet compared to the value of one soul. They don't compare. Uh, The psalmist talks about this, that the value of a soul ceases forever. There is no amount of money uh, that could buy or pay or redeem a soul. The, The scripture said, you are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold. But by the precious blood of the Lamb, there was only one thing valuable enough to pay for souls. And it was and is the blood of the Lamb. And any time the enemy tries to tell you there ain't much to you, you're not worth much, you ask him, why then was the highest price ever paid for anything paid for you? Huh? That sets your value. And the value of that comes back to what it cost him. What did it cost God to get you? His son. What did it cost Jesus? To get you and I. It cost Him becoming sin with our sin. We don't even know how awful that is. We know the sin we've experienced, how bad that is, but imagine all the sins. "...of all mankind, past, present, and future, converging on His spotless, sinless being, and Him receiving it, and becoming sin with our sin." That's when He cried out, My God, why have you forsaken Why? Because God had to judge sin, and He had become the sin. And so He was judged, He died, He went to the heart of the earth three days and nights, He paid the price until, and of course, the three days and nights, we don't know what kind of experience that would be, but we know at some point justice was satisfied, and the Father spoke from above, hallelujah, and Jesus came up out of there, and he had paid the price, it is done, it is finished, can you say amen, Amen. Amen. nobody could ever bear that cross, But him, and yet he tells us, if you're going to be a disciple of mine, you must take up your cross. What is my cross? What is your cross? It's what we're willing to pay to follow him. It's what we're willing to sacrifice to help others. Take up your cross and follow me. Verse 27, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father and with his angels, then he'll reward every man according to his works. Is there a connection between taking up your cross and reward? Oh, yes, there is. And this is why you would endure discomfort. We mentioned a few days ago, last week's sessions, about our, our dear brother uh, Billy Graham, who has gone home to be with the Lord now. He mentioned something in the latter years of his life. He said uh, he was concerned about it that uh, a lot of uh, modern believers had adopted and preached what he called easy believism. And that is just come believe on the Lord. And he will do everything for you. And that's it. That's the end of the message. Uh, He said, no, uh, to follow the Lord completely requires sacrifice. (laughs) And you can see what he's talking about. That message has been lost in some degrees and measures. Uh, You don't hear people talking about sacrifice to serve the Lord. And some folks are even concerned about, well, that'll, that'll cause people to want to go to another church where they don't hear about that. Yeah, but is it the gospel? Is it the truth? Is it the real way of a true believer? No, according to Jesus, if you're going to follow him, you got to deny yourself. <laughs> huh? And you've got to take up your cross. And you got to follow him. What would motivate you to do that? Love motivates you and commitment, but what would enable you to do it? Faith, because of your perspective, and you keep, you keep reminding yourself, this little stuff down here, well, you're missing out on this because you know, you're not able to play golf because you're going to church, mm-hmm. and you, <laughs> you're not able to fish because you're at music practice. And you, can't, you got a lot of folks that they're okay showing up once in a while, but don't ask them to do anything. Well, it's not people asking you to do something. The Lord, the, the head of the church told you. Didn't he tell you? If you save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. If you're willing to sacrifice and put off and give up some things in order to accomplish his will, oh man, uh, the sufferings or the inconveniences are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Can you say amen, class? Some things you don't shout as much about right now, but if you do them, you shout a lot later. (laughs) And our time's up again today. Say it as we go, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I overcome the world by faith, I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Well, there's obviously a lot more of this to talk about. Come back, join us again tomorrow. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School, free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.